Ron Van Dam. He's always there to listen to you. Oh, uh, hold on. I added a word there. Let me do it again. Ron Van Dam. He's always there to listen to. Yeah, that definitely makes a lot more sense. And you are listening to The Ron Van Dam Show on New England Broadcasting. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good night. It's The Ron Van Dam Show. Whatever. Hold on tight. Things can get a bit weird. If you like that sort of thing. Welcome to the program, ladies and gentlemen of the jury. I am Ron Van Dam. It is a Ron Van Dam show. What more do you want from me at this point? Well, you put a quarter in the machine, so I will now perform a show for you. Thanks for coming. By FCC regulations, I would point out the exits, but there aren't any. You're stuck. This is like a gigantic IKEA store. There's no way out. Perhaps you need to make better choices, you know what I'm saying? All right, I'll start the show. Okay, enough, 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 enough. Enough, that's enough, that's enough. Let me introduce very quickly some of the people that make this show possible. All right, I'm done. No, there's a Jason Shaw uh, composed the theme, performs it, uh, releases it for this program for licensing purposes. Thank you, Jason Shaw. And then there is, of course, the lovely and talented John Shanahan, who has his own podcast, Hypnagog. Check that out. It's at the bottom of our website, newenglandbroadcasting.com. You can check it out there. He's a comedian, comedy writer. Does a lot of stuff. Wonderful man. Without him, there'd be nobody named John Shanahan. Uh, well, actually, there could be. <laughs> and then there's Nicole Reed. Oh, my God. What can I say about her? Okay. Uh, no, she books many of the national interviews that we do on this program. She's a British voice that you hear at the beginning of the show. Is she really British? I don't think so. Anyway, that's my story, and I'm going to stick to it for at least another 28 minutes. You know, when I ponder, my voice goes up considerably. You can tell that's how I'm pondering. Here we go. You know, I came to the conclusion a few days ago, but didn't express it verbally, which is really how you should express things. I came to the conclusion that Everybody on this planet needs therapy. I'm talking about everybody. There isn't a person walking on this globe that doesn't have some some sort of baggage. And I'm not talking about Samsonite luggage. I'm talking about baggage from their past that they carry with them through all of their lives. Oh, my God. OMG. I have not met one person in my entire lifetime. Oh, that's the end of the sentence. Okay. I'm good with that. No, I'll continue. I have not met one person in my lifetime that didn't need extensive therapy. Um, Myself included, probably. I don't know. I don't think so. But uh, yeah, yeah. 
we all, our childhood, oh my God. Again, OMG. It's amazing how our that short number of years comparatively to the rest of your life, it's what, like 10% or something, maybe a little bit more, but not much more. Uh, it's amazing how that period of life is like shapes you for the whole rest of it for decades and decades and decades. <sighs> Childhood is so immensely impressionable, and yet it only lasts really kind of like maybe 12, 13 years after that. You're on your own kind of. It's amazing. And it's just not from your parents. It's from your peers, too, where you keep the boat. It's from the people that you meet socially as a child, teenage and otherwise. It shapes our personality. It molds us. We are like pieces of clay when we're young. And believe me, I've known some people when they were young who really didn't develop past clay. And I'm not talking about Clay Aiken from uh, American Idol. I'm not talking about him. Great talent. Now, I'm talking about how uh, we are modeling clay as children, and however we are modeled is the way we're going to carry ourselves. Sure, you can make little adjustments and modifications, but you are who you are. And these people walking around saying, I'm trying to find myself. Did you look over there? Did you look under the couch cushions? Because that's where you are. You can modify yourself, but I don't think you can change yourself. I really don't, contrary to what many people say. Childhood is so immensely impressionable. And the great thing about getting older is you forget about it, but you somehow carry this internal flame of crap. Now, even people that had wonderful childhoods, something went wrong somewhere, something happened, and you carry that with you. Bullied in school, shamed by somebody, told you're not good enough. I mean, all this stuff just sticks with you. It's amazing how the comment of one person when you're a child can affect you for the rest of your life. But see, here's the thing, and it's the same thing I said during the pandemic. What the hell's going on here? I said that during the pandemic. I remember saying that. What the hell's going on here? Now, I said during the pandemic on this show so many times, uh, we're all in the same boat. It's a nautical term. We're all in the same boat. No matter who we are or what we carry, we're all on the boat together. And we all have this in common. Again, I have not really met anybody that didn't require some type of mental adjustment, like going to a chiropractor. Let's, let's make that analogy, shall we? It probably won't work, but let's make it anyway. When your back hurts or something like that, you go to a chiropractor or someone like that, and they adjust your back for a couple of weeks. They would like to do it for the rest of your life, but for a couple of weeks is all you can afford but you go to the chiropractor and they make adjustments and then your back feels okay. Well, that's what it is in life to go to a therapist. They make adjustments. They can't change you. They just make adjustments. They make you see things in a different light, although that light is still there. It's just different. <clears throat> As I said on the show many times, I was considering being a therapist because in school I really became a sociolo sociologist. I can't say it, but I became one. And that helped me do the stand-up comedy, and that helped me do this uh, radio program, the television shows I did, and uh, I, I produced some motion pictures, uh, a little 
while back and things like that. It all helped me to understand the human condition. And I, and I make the statement and uh, very boldly that everybody needs some type of help, especially these days. People were, may I use the term fucked up? Can I do that? Or is this not going to air in certain places now? Or they're going to bleep that. So I won't do it again. But you, you heard what I said. Um, yeah, this is like this is a bad time, um, and and the reason is, and I I blame this. Uh, people were messed up all the time. I mean, my God, people went to to war, World War Two. Can you just come back and and like make believe that never happened? No, you can't. That trauma carries through the rest of your life. So thank you for your service and for putting yourself through something like that. But my goodness, I mean, we're all affected by something uh, underlying or or obviously. And these days, um, it's not only the fact that our democracy and our uh, government is just really that F you thing. That's like really pertains to that. Congress, man, what are you kidding me? What happened to Congress? That used to be a good thing. Now it's like, oh my God, this is it's destroying us. Oh, oh no. And we don't seem to do anything about it because we're split in this country. So like we can't do anything about it because we're too split. I mean, come on. Anyway, I don't want to get into politics. All I'm saying is things are like not good. And it's stressful. And I'll tell you something else, and I won't. I, I'll probably do a show about it in the near future, as it gets closer to uh, a political Armageddon. Um, I'll tell you, no matter who wins the next election in November, there's going to be an upheaval, a social upheaval. If, according, you know, if if we assume it's Joe Biden and that Donald Trump guy, uh, if Joe Biden wins. Um, there will be another upheaval that makes January 6th look like a, a, a cocktail party. Um, it will be bad. Uh, as, as it is now, Congress probably wouldn't even uh, uh, approve uh, the, the election. I mean, it's, it's, that, it's that messed up. It's that messed up. Would you validate uh, the, the state's uh, ballots? No, we're not going to do that. Um, and, of course, Trump will deny that he lost, and it's going to be a whole bad, horrible thing again. Uh, that's if Biden wins. If Trump wins, well, <laughs> what more can I say as far as that part's concerned? There's going to be an upheaval one way or the other. So it ain't going to be a wonderful year, especially toward the end of it. So, uh, you know, just prep for it if you would. But anyway, that's not my point on today's show. My point is that everybody needs therapy in ver- various levels, obviously, but everybody needs it. I've told this story before. I went to a therapist when I was young. I, for some reason, and I don't know why, I don't know if it's psychological or physical or what, but I stuttered as a child. I remember sitting in a classroom in junior high school. They called it junior high school. Some place called middle school. Some people call it junior high school. Tit for tat, tomato, tomato. I remember sitting there and the teacher asking questions that I knew the answer to. And you'd raise your hand if you wanted to do, answer the question. I couldn't raise my hand because I knew that I would not be able to express myself. I would stutter. 
and the rest of the kids in the class would turn around and make fun of me and go, hey, Ron, Um, so I didn't answer the question, so I became quite quiet. Um, Yeah, I know, I made up for that, I know I did. So my parents uh, sent me to a speech uh, therapy uh, therapist in New York City. And uh, every Saturday morning, uh, my mother would drive me out there. We lived in New Jersey at the time. She'd drive me to New York City, to Irving Place, uh, downtown, you know, Upper East Side, actually Lower East Side of uh, Manhattan. And it was a Dr. Snyder, I remember his name. And every Saturday I would sit there for an hour, and at the end of the hour he would say, our time is up. Uh, I'd sit there for the hour, and he would make me talk about uh, whatever it was. One day, uh, he said, up on the uh, like the fifth floor, the top floor of this, uh, this Manhattan uh, building, was a gymnasium in this speech uh, therapy uh, complex. And when he decided to take me up to this gymnasium, and I was still stuttering. I was stuttering. I could not get through a sentence. I had to think about what I was going to say to see if there were any words that I couldn't say, and invariably there would be. So I was quite quiet as a kid because I, I didn't want to verbalize because I knew I couldn't do it. So he takes me up to this gym, and there's a ping-pong table there. And he says, you, you play ping-pong, Ron? And I said, yes, no. I don't, I don't, no, 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 no. That's the way it sounded. And we played ping pong. And we did this every Saturday during the last 15 minutes of our session. 45 minutes of uh, therapy. 15 minutes of uh, playing ping pong uh, on on the top floor of this building. We did this for about a month. After a month, I stopped stuttering. There wasn't any any therapeutic uh, sitting down and talking kind of resolution. It was playing ping pong. And to this day, I don't know why. I haven't played ping pong since. Not even beer pong. But I haven't stuttered since. And the profession that I got into, stand-up comedy, verbalizing myself on a radio program for 30 years, being a television talk show host. I mean, the opposite of what I ever thought I could ever do or would ever do, but wanted to do. And it was some playing ping pong. And I don't know what it was. Taking my mind off off of things, I don't know what it was. But that was it. So therapy works, but not always in the uh, conventional manner. It can work in other ways, too. So, as a result of what I've been talking about, I make the claim, as I have a couple of times already, everybody needs therapy. And I'm talking about everybody. Yes, you. Don't hide behind the chair. I see you. Oh, I see you. Don't ever be in an ICU. That's a bad place to be in the hospital. No, I-S-E-E-U, I see you behind the chair. Even you, even you have matters that should be resolved. Unfortunately, now healthcare can pretty much take care of that uh, as a benefit. Uh, I have a benefit. Oh, I got a benefit. We all need therapy, every one of us. And if you can raise your hand and say, no, I'm not perfect. There's one person that won't raise his hand, and that's Donald Trump, and he's physically not done that. Um... He never learns from mistakes because he never makes any. 
Anyway, I don't want to get into him uh, at this point. Uh, but the point is everybody needs therapy, especially him. Anyway, uh, we all need it. Should we all go through it? Mm. Sometimes when you talk to somebody and you talk things out, especially about your childhood, you say things that are aha moments. Remember Oprah? Remember when she was popular? She's still very popular, but she doesn't have to be anymore. So, you know what I'm saying? But she's, you know, she used to say it was an aha moment where she would be saying something and all of a sudden she'd say to herself, aha, I've just discovered something about myself in conversation with somebody else or about something else. I don't think Oprah is incredibly insightful in any way, shape, or form, but it's probably true. You learn by making mistakes. Don't be afraid of mistakes. It's okay. It's the only way you really do learn. And also, you need therapy. Yeah. Uh, you do. So uh, where do you go? How do you do that? I mean, is it? I, 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 whenever I think of therapy, and I, I, we're going to do this interview in just a few minutes. Uh, when I think of therapy, I think of Woody Allen. Um, of course, many people think Woody Allen is uh, sexually kind of like uh, weird because he married um, his wife's daughter. <sighs> In other words, his stepdaughter, I believe, is what you would call that. Uh, a little odd. But they're still married decades and decades later. So it was successful. And they're both happy. Holy shit, it worked out. Something that we regarded as being like pretty sick worked out well for them. But it reminds me of Woody Allen who uh, admits that he was in therapy since he was a young adult and is to this day in his uh, 80s, late 80s. Isn't that amazing? Uh, yeah, that's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of therapy, uh, but it works for him. See, that's the thing I've learned. You can't tell people what to do or how to do it because things work different ways for people. The only goal we should have in life is just trying not to hurt other people and let them live their lives and you live your life. And let's just, that would be wonderful, wouldn't it? Don't tell me how to live it. Don't tell me what to do. Let me do it as long as I don't, don't hurt other people or annoy other people. It's called the, the neighborly effect. They don't hurt you. You don't hurt them. We both exist on our own paths, and that's it. We smile at each other, and that's it. What more can you want from humanity? That's the only goal, man. Some people say, you know, uh, in this lifetime, I'd like to leave things better off than the way I found them. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's okay. Leave them the same. Don't make them worse. But better off? Eh, that's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a burden. That's too much. Uh, if you can do it, wonderful. Thanks a lot. But, uh, you know, it's, it's not for everybody. Okay. Uh, my guest joins us momentarily. We're going to find out, actually, from our guest. Um, got a novel way to hook you up with a therapist because I really do think we all need it, but we don't want to pay for it. You know, you know what I mean? But uh, first, uh, this commercial break, because, again, you don't pay for this. Somebody has to. So, like, what do you want from me? We'll be right back after this. Have you been injured in an auto accident? Have you thought about maybe getting injured in an auto accident? 
every day hundreds of people around the country win very profitable lawsuits for the injuries they've suffered in auto accidents. But it's not always easy to find an auto accident to be involved in that you yourself didn't cause. That's where I come in. Attorney Jimmy LaGuardia, aka Crash Boom Jimmy. I can not only represent you in your injury lawsuit case, but I can help you arrange and be involved in the very accident for which you're seeking to collect. After years on the job, I know a guy who knows a guy who probably knows a guy who can thoughtfully arrange your accident to the degree you want from gentle fender bender to near-death experience. And if you do happen to die in your accident, there is no cost to you for my services. Attorney Jimmy LaGuardia, call me now at 555-CRASH-BOOM for your free consultation, probably somewhere down near the docks with around a lot of cameras or maybe in the back room of my cousin Lorenzio's restaurant. They make such a good brujol, you can't believe it. 555-CRASH-BOOM, call me today, because with Jimmy LaGuardia, winning your lawsuit is no accident. Colleen Marshall joins us now. She's vice president of clinical chair at Two Chairs. And uh, she's joining us. We're talking about ourselves today, about uh, all the things that we're going through. And um, Colleen, uh, people have have sought therapy uh, for a long time, uh, for decades and decades and decades and decades. But it seems to me that uh, we might have more of a reason now than ever before. Yeah, I definitely think that's true. I think COVID really um, increased the amount of distress in our um, in the United States. We're seeing increases in anxiety and depression. Yep. So we are seeing more and more people seeking treatment. Yeah, I, I yeah, it seems to be a, a question of how how do you handle stress? How do you handle everything that's going on around you? And people need help with that. Uh, but how do you find a therapist? Because that's not easy to do. There are quite a few and all these rating systems and things, but that doesn't really help. Uh, how do you do this? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Finding a therapist is really hard. Our system is, is really broken in that mm, regard yeah. because finding the right therapist is critical to um, having successful therapy because therapy is a, inter, is a relationship-based intervention, which means the relationship has to be right. right. So at Two Tiers, what we've actually built is something called the matchmaker to address that specifically okay. is we make sure our very first meeting with clients is to make sure that we're assessing what's most important to that client on about 300 different factors so that we're matching them to the right therapist from the very beginning. Um, because that is critical to positive outcomes. If you don't have the right therapist, it's really hard to make progress in treatment. So we take that really seriously that we want to do that right from the beginning. Um, we know we're doing it right actually, because our data tells us so. 98% of the time we get that match right from the first therapy appointment uh-huh. and um, 90% of two chairs clients stay in treatment. They're, they're with us up to their fourth therapy appointment about 90% of the time. And if you compare that to national standard, only 33% of people make it to their fourth therapy appointment. And we know about 50% of people who seek treatment need about 15 sessions. Um, so, so we know that getting the match right and having people stay in care is critical. Is it uh, is it more difficult to find a therapist that you can relate to, or a therapist that uh, knows your particular type of need? Uh, are there therapists that deal in different types of needs? 
Yes, there are definitely therapists that specialize in different treatments. Um, most therapists can treat depression and anxiety because uh-huh. that's about 80% of the reason people um, seek care is for depression and or anxiety. But therapists definitely specialize in other things like OCD or um, trauma or um, eating disorders or those oh, kinds of okay. things. So you want to make sure you're seeing someone who specializes in what you're wanting treatment for. Yeah. Um, but it's also important that you're um, making sure that you're seeing someone who meets the relationships right, that they're able to receive feedback from you, they're adjusting from your feedback, that you're establishing mutual goals together, um, and that the, just the relationship feels like the relationship for you because that is personal. Yeah. Um, is there, were there, before Two Chairs came along, were there uh, short little uh, visitations to therapists that didn't last more than two or three weeks because it just wasn't happening? I mean, do, do people quit it like they quit playing the piano and getting piano lessons? Yeah, most people actually only attend one therapy appointment, oh, and then oh. they, we often hear people say that they think therapy's not for them, and really it's because they just didn't get the right therapist from the beginning. Mm. Um, so it, 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 that happens a lot, um, that people just try therapy once, and just because the relationship's right, drop oh. out of treatment. Okay. Um, what about, uh, I, I think of Woody Allen when I think of someone going to therapy. I know that's a different situation there, but... I mean, he's been going, he's had therapists all of his life and quite comfortable with it and quite necessary for him, he thinks. Um, is, is therapy yeah. necessarily a lifelong experience or not? It's usually not. Mm-hmm. Um, we, about 50% of people who um, seek treatment only need about 15 to 20 sessions. Uh-huh. Um, and then they're, so most often you're going to be in, in treatment for you know, somewhere between 10 and 15 sessions. Mm-hmm. And then, it's it, it's fine to also have like a reoccurrence and come back to treatment if you have a different depressive episode, for instance, or have something happen in your life that you want to come back to treatment. But therapy really is not usually a lifelong um, uh, situation. It's really much more short term. Okay. Um, I assume that there's a great percentage of uh, therapy that involves their family. Um, is this a different situation or does one approach that as an individual speaking about a family? Um, It really depends on what your goals are. Mm -hmm. So family therapy is very effective for, um, for different situations, bringing in family members or couples or, you know, parents with teenage kids, for instance, family therapy is definitely Mm -hmm. an intervention that you would want. Um, But you don't always have to include other people in treatment. It really just depends on what you're seeking treatment for. Mm -hmm. Um, And you and your therapist would talk through what that looks like and bringing in additional support systems into treatment um, to support you on your goals also is something therapists will often do. So uh, is Two Chairs kind of like an employment agency? I mean, not employment in the sense of employing somebody, but in the sense of matching someone looking for a job to somebody that is uh, that has a job uh, available. Is, is it that kind of matchmaking? Yeah, no. So Two Chairs is an outpatient mental health organization. Uh-huh. So we employ over therapists. Um, and they see the clients as well. But uh-huh. we start treatment off with matchmaking appointment uh-huh. um, so that our teacher's clients are getting matched uh, to that, right? Okay, um, okay. So it's like finding a doctor with a, with a medical group. Similar, yeah. And okay. we just start that first appointment being about the matching and making sure that we're connecting you to the right person from the okay. very beginning. Okay. 
What about uh, medical insurance? Is that starting to cover some of this depending on the circumstance? Yeah, actually, most of our two chairs clients are covered by their insurance. Um, you know, we we have national contracts mm-hmm. with like Aetna, and we also have local contracts with other um, medical insurance. But medical insurance does cover mental health care. Yeah, um, most insurances do. So yeah. you can you can seek this through your your mm-hmm. uh, medical insurance as well. Because that's a, I I, th- I think yeah th- that uh, that's more uh, familiar than you know dental insurance actually. I mean, mental health is like. I guess about like uh, less than three or four decades ago, that wasn't included in in medical insurance, but now it's considered a medical concern, right? Yes, that's true. And we've had some some legislations that's made it be on yes. par on par or paired Good. with med- with mental or medical treatment too or physical health. So right. we are seeing much more um, coverage. Okay, yeah, with the world that we live in and the circumstances and the social media and all that stuff, uh, yeah. Uh, hello, uh, the line forms here. So we do need this kind of service and uh, it's greatly appreciated. How does someone hook up with this, Colleen? Yeah, I'd love for you to check out twochairs.com. You can find out more about our matching there and also can um, sign up for uh, a consult appointment or our matching appointment right directly on our website. Excellent. Okay, save me a chair if you will, please. And uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for your time today. Appreciate it. Well, that'll do it for me today. I'll be back again tomorrow with a brand new program. Will you join me then? You don't have to answer. I just want you to do it. Thank you to my guests and thank you to you. So until next time, I wish you peace.